Hello and welcome to SciSection. My name is Doreen Anthony Pillay and I'm a journalist for SciSection Radio Show. We're here today with Dr. Daphne Moore, a distinguished professor at McMaster University and a fellow of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pleased to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So to begin, how did you get your start with your research? Well, Perhaps most interesting to your audience will be how I even got into the field of child development. Mm -hmm. It was my third major. I started off in political science, then switched to anthropology, and only discovered this field I love so much because a prof, when I was in my third year of university, invited me to come into his lab and help with his research. And then I knew that I wanted to be a researcher and I wanted to study child development. If you're going to study, understand how things unfold in development, you need to start at the beginning. So I looked for a PhD supervisor for graduate work who studied infants. Mm -hmm. And the one I found at the University of Pennsylvania, who was great, studied the development of infant's vision. So that got me into my own research. So what made you interested in researching infants specifically? Um, because I wanted to understand how we are transformed into adults interacting with the environment in the way we do. And I thought you, it's so complicated. We'll never understand it unless you start at the beginning. The beginning is, is well, actually fetal development. But for vision, the beginning is at birth. So that's what I did. I researched what kind of vision is possible at birth. We studied babies seven minutes old, right in the delivery room to find out how the system starts out. We tracked visual development all the way up until it became as good as in adults, which is adolescence or beyond. So it's a very, very long developmental trajectory. And then we looked at the role of visual experience in driving those developments by looking at a special population of babies who are born with cataracts in their eyes. So they don't get to see at birth. They don't get to see until the cataracts are removed and they're given compensatory contact lenses. So we contrasted the development of babies with normal eyes and the development of babies who missed early visual experience because of cataracts and thereby learned what in normal development is happening from learning from looking around the world from visual experience. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed that you've done a lot of research and work in that area of infants and you even co-authored the book The World of the Newborn which won the book award of the American Psychological Association. So what was your inspiration to write this book and write it from an infant's perspective? Um, I knew the literature on infancy. My husband is a science writer. We thought it would be interesting to work on a project where we translated the work into the perspective of the infant and wrote it for a general audience. That book is written in lay language. There's no jargon. It's for anybody who has some intellectual curiosity. We thought it would be easy. We thought we would just look at the review articles and every area of infant development and just translate them into the infant's perspective and light language. We discovered that in most areas, those review articles had not been written. And even though I knew something about all those areas, because I was teaching, 
I didn't know enough to write the book. So it took us eight years because we essentially did enough research to probably have written 30 academic review articles, but instead we wrote a book. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing book and I would encourage everyone that's listening to go read it right now. So you have had a very accomplished career winning many awards and I'm sure being at your position right now did not happen easily. So have you ever faced any challenges along the way? Of course there are challenges mm -hmm. along the way um, at many different levels. Mm -hmm. um, getting funding in order to do the research, that is always a challenge. Um, Recruiting um, students, finding the right fit, finding students who are going to be a good fit in the lab, whether we're talking about undergraduate students who just want to do you know, two weeks of volunteer work, or someone who wants to do an honors thesis, or someone wants to come and do graduate work. So recruiting um, the right students for the lab, getting them interested in the lab, because good students have lots of choices. So it's, it's a matter of advertising what, of what we do and finding the students that fit very well. Um, research to my husband would be tedious. He, he says, I study the left eyebrow. It's like washing dishes over and over and over again. You have to do the same thing. I don't mind it, but you have to establish a protocol and you have to follow the same protocol all the time. You have to make sure that you're not biasing the results. So you don't know what you're finding until you're all finished. But the excitement of being able to do the research, being able to find out the answers to me is just so enticing. Um, I've been retired for eight years, but I'm still doing research. And I don't show any, I'm still applying for grants. I'm still working with a few fewer students than before. Um, but I love it. And points out I'm now a volunteer. And I said, yeah, so what? <laughs> yeah, that's really great. And for a final question, what component of your research do you think more people should learn about? Oh, my. Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you what my, my current passion is. I mean, there, there are lots of answers to that question. My current passion is on retirement. I learned that Ontario had stopped doing vision screening in schools in the 70s, just about the time I started at, at McMaster. And I said, what? A good chunk of, babe, of, of children enter school with um, visual problems that are co completely correctable, that will affect their learning to read, and nobody knows they have the problem. Their parents don't know. The teachers don't know. And I said, I have to do something about that. So I teamed up with the chief of ophthalmology of the hospital for sick children who shared the same concern. We did six years of research on what are the best tools available uh, now as opposed to in the 70s. How can we show the efficacy of the tools? What are the rollout problems if you're trying to scale this across the whole province? So we went to 43 schools in 15 different communities, up to Kirkland Lake, up to Ottawa, out, out to um, Sarnia, urban, rural, rich, poor, all kinds of communities to find out what the implementation issues are, lobby the government with our results and the need to do this because our research showed that 
uh, 15 to 25% of children have a treatable eye problem nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. um, 25% in high need schools, more typically 15% in other schools. And we succeeded in getting the public health standards modified so that now vision screening has re been reintroduced into the schools for children in senior kindergarten. Of course, this got, all got shut down by COVID, but a year and a half ago, that change was instituted. And now I've, I'm helping to facilitate um, its implementation by public health units. The message I want people to know is young children can have eye problems. They are treatable. If they need to wear glasses, they should be encouraged to wear the glasses. If the glasses are broken, they should be replaced. Because otherwise, we're going to have something like 10 to 15% of children with a handicap in schools. It's going to affect them for the rest of their lives because they won't easily learn to read. And that has a lifelong impact. Yeah, I think that's very important. That's really amazing that you're head of the initiative. So that actually brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you again for joining me today. For our listeners, that's it for this week of Sci Section. Make sure to check us out on our podcast, available on global platforms for all our latest interviews.